0: You're listening to Trot the Eggin, hosted by John Hetherington, working with Witness Rugby Union Football Club, sponsored by Boydells. This week's rugby story is a friend of mine and of the podcast, who is Witness Barnabred, a loyal supporter of Witness Vikings and Aston Villa, who isn't afraid of a pair of short shorts. Having played rugby for Witness Rugby Union Football Club, Runcorn Vikings, Runcorn Rugby League and Holton Farm of Hornets, he also played football for AFC Rec. His rugby brain is right up there, and can see talent in people that is untapped. He has also put me in touch with some great people that have and are due to appear on the pod. Ladies and gents, Mr. Neil Street. Follow, like, share, subscribe, and endorse us via Facebook, Trot the Eggin, Twitter at Trot the egg in, slash at John Heath, Instagram Trot underscore D underscore Egg underscore In, YouTube Trot the egg in. LinkedIn, John Hetherington, and Spotify, Trot the Egg In. So, Neil, how are you, mate, and how's things going?
1: All good, mate, all good. going well. you um, hard as always. Just when I can, and uh, you know, through being sport, and when I get a bit of free time. Right, mate, so we'll go
0: right back to the beginning, right before your rugby story. So where was home for you, and who lived that home with
1: you? Uh ho- home for me was uh 412 Liverpool Road. Um it was me, my mum, my dad, um my two elder sisters. Um very soon uh my niece Emily came along, uh Karen's daughter, so there was quite a few of us at 412 Liverpool Road. Um and right. that that was kind of like it till I was in high school and then we moved over. Um, to Redbourne Drive which is just off Haddon Drive into a bungalow, uh, Lynn and Cameron had, had moved out by then um, and we were there for a couple of years, uh, we lived in um, Hayes Road with our Lynn for a little bit while we waited for our house to be ready and then we eventually moved into uh, 5 Radner. And obviously now we've moved into the, the new bungalow where we're living now at the minute so that that's pretty much all for us at the that- start
0: the G man caused
1: a few enemies, and he's had to dot around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
0: my mom. It's It's
1: it it? I didn't you want know, to say it. He's <laughs> the one. That, no, 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 but um, yeah, we just moved about a bit, and then obviously I think we've been the longest in um uh, for a long, long time. And you know, it got to the stage where I think it was best that we we move on f- for them, for the for the good of the knees and that, and the stirs. So that's where we find ourselves now. Yeah.
0: So how was that as a kid, mate? Cause that's a few, like, that's a few moves, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it wasn't, like, it didn't have any impact on me, really. You know, I still, I, I knocked about with the same lads since I was six years old. and You know, I'm still mates with them now to this day. So I've always kind of always got a lifter or gone on my bike or anything. So it, it's never been, like, a problem. And I've always been able to make friends everywhere I've gone. You know, there were, there were lads up uh, in Redbourne Drive up there where I played football with uh, the Shepherds. I still see them now and then. Um, I still see a couple of the lads, you know, out and about who are kind of old from down, didn't way and that. So yeah, it, it didn't really have a negative effect on me. It probably helped me. In fact, that I see people now and chat to them and in the pubs and things like that that, you know, I probably only know from like having a kick about on the street, but you have a catch up and you know, you're friends for life in effect, really, isn't it?
0: It is, mate, it is. So how did rugby become part of your life? Was it something that was already there before you come along?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anyone who knows like my mum and dad will tell you they had long standing traditions with the club, probably longer than uh, most people realize. But my uh, mum and dad obviously met at the, at the club. mum was working behind the bar, my dad was a uh, player, so coach. So I think it was kind of destiny that I had to, I had to have some involvement at some point. So yeah. for me, uh, I can't remember going up to the club with my dad and sort of being like, told i go and play. Um, and just like running in and out of the, the big room the concert room as like a, you know like, literally a kid and if I wanted anything from the bar I'd go and ask for it Me my dad would pay for it later on but then I'd like sort of go and marry my dad in the middle of the game not realising he was actually coaching the first team and it a pretty big thing you know and I'm like going, dad 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 kind of you know and not realising <laughs> yeah. that actually shouldn't be doing that you know marrying him I should be leaving him and I kind of like I've got like a couple of really vivid memories about it and um when when people say like you know well what's your first memories of, of rugby um one of them is my dad had just got a brand new car because he worked for Ready Mix RMC which obviously yeah. you know everyone knows the white orange van whatever it is around there yeah um and we were going to watch a second team game um and we've talked about this all the time the the two memories I'll tell you about and that uh. We went to this place and the first team weren't playing. So my dad and Mike Ryan, who were coaching the first team, were on one side of the pitch. And the first team on the uh. other side of the pitch, watching this, this lad playing the second team to see if he was good enough for the first team. They didn't speak at all. Because obviously I knew the first team lads because my dad had taken me training to like Bankfield or to the uh. gym or where, And I'd see the lads I'd speak with lads layers and people like that, you know, all these all these like characters who to me they were just like the lads that my dad coached, so I didn't really grasp yeah. the first team or you know the importance of it or anything. And then we sort of Mike Ryan wasn't with us, he was he was he'd gone with somebody else. He then got in the car with us and we were driving home. My dad had just got a brand new M Monday up, which was like everyone was going, Oh, look at that, but it was a company car, so it really wasn't it, but it was a big yeah. thing. And we're driving home. Uh, we're driving to the club, sorry. We get back to the club and the, some of the first team have stood at the, the door of the wits. And before my dad and Mike have said anything, these first team players went, it's not good enough, is he, George? And my dad went, no. And walked into the lounge and I had to go into the big room. And like I always remember that. And, and when I've gotten older, I'm thinking to myself, that's how in sync they all were. They all knew what level had to be, you know, to, to be a first team player yeah. or to be a player with the wits. They didn't speak, there was no interaction, but they all knew that this play that they'd gone to watch wasn't good enough, just simply wasn't good enough. Um, and then another memory that sticks out is uh, we went to Ruskin Park, me and my dad on a scouting mission because my dad used to always go look for players. You know, we People would see him in the club and say, can you go and speak to this person? And we went to see okay. a prop from Ruskin Park, I think his name was Carl Wales or something like that. He ended up coming to the club eventually, but we couldn't go them. You know, when you go to Ruskin Park and you go for like the main way to the pitches, if you yeah. remember, that we like whole Brock and, thing, yeah, we had to go like sneak yeah. around the back and like go through the trees and so we wouldn't get noticed. And we stood there, you were
0: over to... it, yeah, yeah,
1: because I, I was a kid thinking yeah, what's going it, on, it's an adventure,
0: is it? Yeah, yeah, it's a
1: mission. And then we got to the end of the pitch, and me and my dad were talking about this the week actually. And we stood there, and this fella just appeared and went, Hello, Georgie, have you come to watch? He rumbled us, he knew <laughs> we were dad, so it was like this big thing of, Oh. Lovely. No, if no. you come to watch and the lad ended up coming and, and, and playing for the Wids and they were sort of my first two interactions with that I can remember of of being like with the Wids and you know in the like like the Lancashire Cup, how much of a big thing that was, um you know, and uh, people always say, oh, you're always going out with the Lancashire Cup, but if you speak to the the fellas who won it, and and who they beat and what they had to do, you realise what they respect and and around it isn't, mm-hmm. and, and it. Everything, it was massive, every,
0: mate. He had like a civic reception and everything. Didn't un, they?
1: Unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, massive. And and it's fantastic what the what the club have done in the last few years and nobody can take that away from him. But you've got to tip your hat to those fellas as well, because you know I was in I was in there one night and somebody said to me, it's the equivalent of Atkinson Stanley winning the European Cup in that time, you know, because they beat, they, they were playing against England players, you know, like Bill Beaumont and there's a, there's a video knocking about somewhere where Leslie's kicking the ball to the England internationals and, you know, they're kicking it back. And so you've, you've got to give, and, and you've got to give like respect for that era, And I was sort of like dragged up on that. I think it's a wonderful thing to have, but I'm probably born in the wrong era because I'm dragged up on that. So my, standards in effect probably more into that aye, aye. Yeah, yeah, yeah of you know he well, he's, he's the best and you know if, if he's yeah. better than him and that but I tip my hat to anybody who plays at any level because you know it, it, it's tough it's not the easiest sport in the world and that was my yeah. sort of that's my first inkling in, into it and then what um,
0: an introduction though
1: right? yeah it, it, it is yeah. it's pretty mad I yeah. think because you know I used to always say my dad's just my dad you know he's not he's not it's not, you know, what does he know? And little, little did I know he was the coach of yeah. these two teams until I was older. And I was kind of like, you did this, and he was like, yeah. So yeah. you know, that's that's one of the that's one of my first introductions to it. But they had like a, a with kids section um, going, right. and I sort of took up on a Sunday and sort of thrown involved, and I think Jimmy O'Neill and Tony Boyle were, were the coaches and. Matt Griffiths, John and, and Steve Morris, they had a big hand in it all, and they sort of like ran the teams, and um, you know, there's there's a, I mean, I'm, I'm repeating the book here, but uh, it was kind of like my mum's job to organise the, for the kits, and we had these awful brown kits, and the picture in the, in the room of us all studying it, and it being like, you know, not red and black, brown, because it was the cheapest one, and ah. you know, me and Steve did a <laughs> raffle in, in the pub, and that was it, and we yeah. uh, played these games, and and I think if you go through that mini and junior section there, um, I think there's a, there's a good chunk of lads who play, certainly played open age and certainly played senior rugby, but also captain the club. So you know that's sort of my my remembering of it is the fact that those seeds that were sown then really yeah. did wonders for the club in the long term.
0: Yeah, and it's so quite early on, mate. You not some. Sub- you, you're watching the on-field stuff, aren't you? But you're seeing, like, I use the word quite a bit when it comes to, like, technique in a game, but you're seeing the, the off-field intricacies, aren't you? Mm, so you're yeah. seeing, like, the dark arts of recruitment of fundraising, of yeah not being rude to your mummy and Auntie Jean, but scratching together a kit yeah, for yeah. kids yeah. and, like, setting up that bike. So that was the first real pathway, really, wasn't it? The Wids with, the with kids is what we now know as... The, the route to yeah. junior rugby at the club, isn't it? And, mm-hmm. uh, which is back up and running now, thankfully Adam and Dave Griffin stuff and yeah uh Barra Cuff and that have all got junior teams there, Mickey Kelly doing a great job as well. But uh that is the, the fundamentals of any club is volunteers and kids, isn't
1: it? Ah uh, absolutely mate, you can the, the biggest the biggest thing I I used to say to people is if, if you if you as a volunteer can give one hour of your time a week to the club. Whole place changes. You know, if you give yeah. two, three hours, brilliant. Not gonna give five. Not gonna give ten. Not gonna give. You know, the, the best, the best will in the world. Not everybody can. But if you can no. go up and say, "Listen, I can do this for two hours a week," it makes a massive difference in the grand scheme of things. You know, if you get 20, yeah. 30 people doing that. The whole place changes. You want to go like the, the Tuesday, the DIY club thing. I was like gonna that. say that, right, yeah, you know, the Tuesday club and that, yeah. It just changes the whole complexity of the place.
0: Yeah, and it, and do you know what, mate? I was probably one of them, sadly. But do you know sometimes when you're there of jobs that need to be doing, or it's took loads, You like you you snub it, do you know what I mean? You're like, oh, <laughs> I'm not doing that sort of yeah. thing. But if yeah. it doesn't get done, nothing else gets
1: done. There's, but you don't realise until you're outside the yeah, pitch, do you? Yeah. Just, just the stuff that I used to, I used to say to, to people, like people would say to me, "No, well, I'm not doing that," and I'd turn around and go, "Well, it's your first team pitch, so if you don't do it, no one is not going to do it." Yeah. And yeah. then it was suddenly, and you'd sort of like after emotional, like emotional blackmail him in a way, and I kind of learnt that from an early age of how to sort of like not not work people will be able to say convince to listen, people yeah, yeah, yeah you need to do this because if you don't it ain't going to be done and yeah. I, you know sometimes I, I, w- I wouldn't say it. I'd get somebody else to say it who's and a bit more clout about me or, or you know about them and sort of say you know we need this doing and stuff and uh, many yeah. many a time you know we've had to do the pitch or we've had to paint or something like that yeah I've maybe yeah. said the first time but then somebody else has said it and then it's growing. and if you took the volunteers out of any rugby club there wouldn't be a rugby club you know, no, they wouldn't be yeah.
0: Fed. And I think we're quite lucky because the young lads that come through, not just like Tom and Mark and Jack and that now and Andy Owens, but a little bit before them and before us, like my age group, which you helped out with, we'll touch on later. But the buy-in's really good, isn't it? You might we yeah. might say no once or twice, but once you see the benefit and mm-hmm. you see that the buy-in's bigger from outside of you, you sort of you, you go with the you jump on the bandwagon yeah. sort of thing, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Right, mate. Yeah. Right. So you're around the club, you're involved with the WID kids and that. What junior school did you go in, and was sport prevalent in your junior school?
1: I went to Our Ladies down there. Down, it was in Drive, infants, and then uh, went to the uh, junior school, which is in Clifton View. She's just around the corner now from where I live. Um, so sport wasn't really. I, I probably stopped. Having any sport uh, interaction, probably when I was in like first year of say junior school, I just I just didn't I just didn't really take to it. Sport wasn't my thing. I wasn't very good at it. Uh, still not now, but um, I sort of did you other things. Wear the short
0: shorts better now, though, don't
1: you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got better legs now. <laughs> only just. Up. Um, and that's so what I did. Other things and I have other interests like you do. You drift away from it. And I kind of had a couple of games, I think. For the for the school and drifted in and out maybe the winds at the time but and that was it and then I just I just stopped playing at about say, probably about 10, 11, maybe just just stopped playing altogether.
0: So when you say a couple of games rugby,
1: yeah, a couple of games of rugby, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just like sort of. Um, and it's funny because we were, I was actually talking to one of my mates, uh, Dave Quayle, who I'm still mates of now from school, and we he, yeah. he found the picture of, uh couple of years ago and we were talking about it the, we had the yellow bright yellow kit with like a blue v on it and it was like horrendous and uh i and remember he, that i he, remember he, that well he, he said it and i was like oh my god i remember that so i've said to him he's got but if we find a picture we've got to burn it so someone will probably have that somewhere it's awful yellow kit with this blue v but that's uh, <laughs> awful so a
0: funny story about Dave. before we move on yeah because you'll know yourself won't you about yeah. upsetting a certain superstar. At
1: Which Vikings one? He's he's, up, he's upset, Lord. Well, yeah, can, <laughs> it could be at um, all. Right,
0: so previously, when you've said the club, we mean Witness Rugby Union. For any viewers and yeah. listeners that don't know, forgetting I obviously know you quite well. or I thought I did. Um, and when we're going back to Dave, mate. Dave worked for Witness Vikings, do not he? So he yeah. upset a Mr. Hawk,
1: didn't he? Oh, it- Basically, what happened was witness was on loan from uh Wiggyn at the time. Yeah. Witness were going through a bit they weren't great. They weren't doing it. and they went to Hull and got bastard. And David, had the bus inside obviously, and said, Oh, you've had brave pills, and I'll see you next day. Dave at the stadium, which is obviously Player. He works for the camp, and he he had to be moved to the Brindley, which is the wrong car for his own safety. <laughs> um, he, when he's telling us that, like, it caught him, and I kind of like fell off our chair. I was saying, "I'm going to send him you, unless you give me a grand to him." And I was <laughs> typing out, trying, to show, trying to show it him, saying, "Post going up." He needs to put me a knock and um, I'm now we messages a celebrity. Gazo, he'll, he'll get you. I think it was because, and yeah, then up and you know, wasn't wasn't really happy. But but I apparently grabbed him and said, "Our oh, well, guys he's not happy with you." And Dave was sort of escorted out of the building for <laughs> two weeks with his own. sure,
0: a new workplace. I said, "If you want to get you."
1: mate um, uh, Yeah, we don't
0: think you're not looking after them.
1: Definitely. But yeah, I could yeah, uh, you a few times you're messaging other people, but yeah, you could write a book, character to get on here just for uh, his run car playing over the yeah. All right.
0: So y- your sporting journey sort of like stagnate at that age, then mate. So you've just like you said, you've played the odd couple of games, and you're flicking back into the club. What's ticking the boxes for a young Neil then? Because no offense, mate, but there yeah. were no Playstations, Xboxes, and that was the mate. There was weren't even MSN, no, at MSN at this point, was there? You want me? Weren't even MSN at this <laughs> point, no, was there? I don't think. No,
1: no, I never did MSN. I'm not that cool. Um, for for, for me, it was just going out and like doing silly things on the streets with my mates, you know, like, riding my bike, or, you know, we played football, but we didn't play, like, for a team or anything, you was just kick about on yeah. Banky, or Just your field. bike upside down, or whatever, yeah, jumpers th- for goalposts. ball like and... that, yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing particular, you know, I think it was, like, a bit, like you say, a bit of a drifting period, and, you know, was, yeah. I was, I went to, you know, I went to, went to Peter and Paul, and you, you meet new people, don't you, and you sort of, like, gauge your yeah. interests, and I kind of semi-got interested in music then, and you know, started to listen to it, but I never really like, played an instrument or anything. But yeah, around that time, it was kind of like just, you're trying, you're trying new things, aren't you? To see what you like, and, you yeah. know, which is, which is best for you. So, yeah. Right,
0: so you touched on it, sorry, mate, you touched on it though, which was going to be my next question, didn't, but you've answered it. So, so music never replaced a rugby, it's just something you come across in your transition into high school. Yeah. Because um, I've no it, doubt your mum and dad listened to it, but it, like the stuff we're into, which we'll talk about more later as well. Yeah. we'll touch on it now. I can't imagine your mum and dad are overly mad on it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Me, my me dad likes Oasis, which is quite funny at times because he'll listen to yeah. it like uh But like, I'm I, I got bought like one of the CDs off, off like a Christmas or something, our birthday, and I just sort of like that was it. Then I just listened to it and. You know, we all sort of walked around thinking we were Liam and Noel Gallagher with Peter and Paul for a little bit. Some of the lads still do now well to this day that I see, hmm. you know, in um, some of the bands that are still knocking about Santa <laughs> grow Up fellas. But um, yeah, so that was that was it. It was just kind of like, you know, if you were cool, you like the way if you were really cool, you liked like Ocean Colour Scene, The Jam and Paul Weller and, pulp and people like that. But and if you like blur you got put in the bin. So nobody like blur. Or admitted
0: to it. Yeah, I admitted to it anyway, yeah. He did definitely went
1: in the bin. But yeah, that was sort of it.
0: Yeah, how did transition into high school goal then? Because as much as a lot of us fall back on sport, mate, for icebreakers, what Mm. did you use? What was transition like? Because I know you've flipped in and out, but it isn't a priority of yours at the minute, is it? Yeah,
1: no. I mean for me, I mean so just going back to like, infant school, when I was in infants, I was diagnosed with being dyslexic. So okay. struggling like with words and reading and writing and things like that. I was told that I was quite smart, in effect, but I struggled with you know spelling and, and writing and things like that. So I didn't really enjoy school, if I'm honest with you. I, I find it kind of a bit of a struggle, but anything practical, like, for instance, like woodwork or cooking or anything like that, I, I enjoyed because it, was, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't using my brain as much as like, you know, trying yeah. to write or read or things like that, so.
0: Um, oh, you was without realising?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. just second nature to me, you know, I could do that sort yeah. of thing, and um, it, it sort of now, Yeah, uh, yeah, I look back and I think to myself, yeah, I didn't really enjoy school, and I know when people say it's the best time of your life, I think outside of school age, for, for me it was, not necessarily inside of school, so I kind of like the five years at high school, I can sort of like forget that. I just, college yeah. is when I kind of like came into my own, I think, when I finally started to find my character and find my personality and that.
0: So for one, that's quite an early diagnosis, mate, because it wasn't well spoke of, was it? No, no When you were no. growing up. So, and and two is, you're pretty articulate. So when you're around, you're a night like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that. Mm. Because when yeah. we jot stuff down, joking, like we mess about about the best Super League team, which Sean knows not, nothing about.
1: Yeah, that's true. But, he knows nothing about.
0: Yeah. But like when we confer and stuff, you're not slowing it. You, you know your players. Mm-hmm. Like Same when we've been abroad, jotting about on tables. You, you, yeah. You're pretty confident to step up and do it. We speak like we speak now when we see each other. Mm-hmm. It's like your coordination's really good. Which we'll touch on later, not for just through sport, but through career path you chose and that. So, what did you have any aid at school? How, yeah. how did the help?
1: Yeah, I, I got, I got diagnosed. With Mrs. Mrs. Bates, who recently just just passed away, me, me teacher, her son, yeah, uh, Tommy, had it, had dyslexic, was was dyslexic, and she sort of like diagnosed it and sort of said, you know, and said he's got it and I think I was in like second year of junior school and then I sort of like got extra help and you know I could I I was taken out of school for, um I was taken to a gun car to another school and things like that so people might not remember it who was in school me but uh, I think two or three days a week I wasn't actually at our ladies I was going to other schools for you know extra help and showing how to do things and everything and the same uh Peter and Paul, I was take. I could sort of like pick two classes that I wanted to come out of, and I always picked English because I hated it, um, yeah. it was, yeah. I was, I always was come out of it and go and have like extra classes at the library and that, and that was sort of like helping me right. get me moved on, and um, you know, like it, in exams, some of them I had a mm-hmm. reader and a writer, sometimes that like hindered me, so I'd ask them, could I do it, and, mm-hmm. and stuff, so that's the kind of what I had at, at school, but I've always been yeah. able to talk and I've always been confident in my ability to talk to people. Uh, so that comes across quite well in obviously in my career, what I do and that. But uh, like, it, I've never let it sort of hinder me as, as much as people like, will say, oh, this and that. If we go for a job interview or anything like that, uh, I'll really tell them that I'm dyslexic because some yeah. people will look at you differently and say, well, he's not for those. Unfortunately, us. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and people people say, Oh, they don't, they do because you know, I've, I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. And so I don't sort of like, you know, very few people know that I, I am, you know, dyslexic. But uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was done. See, so, yeah, second, second year of juniors, that's when I was diagnosed, and yeah. I've had it ever since, and it'll never go away.
0: No, I didn't have a clue, but thanks for sharing it. It's, no, it's, fine, it's, like, it's It's not easy, mate, is it, sometimes for people and that. So how was it flicking in, in and out of school for relationships? Was it, like you said, easy enough because of football and stuff and just common interests, Or was it tricky?
1: Yeah, it was It was fairly easy because once you, like, because I was watching Witness as well throughout that period. So there were a couple of lads in, like, my year who, were like into rugby and we you know you end up in the same like foot like class don't you with this like yeah. all these couple of years so I ended up with lads who like were playing rugby or things like that. did you watch that yeah and so you know they might have been the better rugby players but I could interact with them that way or you know f- with football because I'm a Aston Villa fan and um, we could have like good chats about football and that so but yeah, it was pretty good relationship for people in there because, you know, you still see him now and I still get asked the question, are you still a Villa fan? Yeah, unfortunately, I am, mate. Yeah. yeah so, right. Uh, Which ain't unfortunate these
0: days, mate. No, it's They're not. A good no. side uh, No. But how does that come about? How does a witness lad become a Villa fan? Um,
1: my sister Karen was uh, going out with a lad at the time who wasn't really into football and he supported Villa because he liked the kit and he gave me a shirt and kind of got me into it and um I just sort of stuck with it and at the time it was like different and you know right. I, I, sometimes like standing out and it was good because I could always like I wasn't ever involved in the arguments about football I was always like out of it like there was me and a lad called Mike McCann he's sadly not with us anymore I passed away a couple of years ago he was a Newcastle fan and um, so me and him would sit on like the outside of this Liverpool United argument, sort of like watching bit, me, like, going yeah. back and forth thinking we're safe in and then someone would like turn it around on one of us and we'd be like, What well, have we done? We haven't done anything, we're, yeah. we're out of it. But, yeah. So So
0: one of the key to things Billy. I remember about Villa mate is I think it was a 95-96 season. Remember the sticker books? Like the yeah. proper like, Panini sticker books. It it was Gary Charles, your right back that I yeah. needed to fill the book. And I, no one had swap it, me and that. So I had to get it from, like, I wrecked it, really. I got it from, like, the year before Yeah. and put it in. But obviously the kit's different, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Right
0: repped it, it for me. You, f-
1: you feel cheated, don't you? You feel, you feel, it's I don't time, think I ever yeah. finished one of them. You know, if I could. Yeah, I never I went
0: to one of them swap shops either. You, know, yeah. you know, they were advertised. Yeah, they, were like, they were, like, they
1: were the big thing. It was, yeah. like, if you went there, you, you, game over. It you you you'd, you'd it, completed yeah. life.
0: Yeah, no, but it's like I imagine that now is like the adult version is the, the footy top shop you know about.
1: Yeah, probably is, yeah. Yeah, going there.
0: Yeah. Like, so players over the years the villain, who's ticked the box where you've gone, gone a bit.
1: Uh Paul Merson Because I've some ballers, haven't you? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Paul Merson's my all-time favourite. Um yeah. just because he he was absolute magic when he came for us. Um Jack was was good until he left for City, but I understand why he did that. Milner, James Milner was absolutely outstanding for us, and Stan off he was they were they were like. But now in this current crop, uh, Martinez, the goalie is another level. He's like wow, uh, and Diaby, this new lad, the, the French winger, he's he's pretty handy. He's gonna be he's gonna be a big big thing. I can't see him staying at Villa for long.
0: No, but you'd have thought that about William Bailey,
1: though, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, but you know he's been injured a lot, and he didn't like he said he didn't realize the pace of the Premiership and how tough it was. You know he was injured a lot last year, and he's been injured again this week. So you know I think it's like anything if you if you big fish in a small pond, then you suddenly get put in the ocean, you realize that actually you're not as as good as you think you are, unless you are like a Haaland or a Messi or a Ronaldo type player. Yeah, right, mate. So we'll
0: go back to high school then. And you, like you said, if you're adjusting to to school and stuff, mate, what was the ambition through school career
1: wise? Uh I didn't I didn't really have anything until probably the last uh sorry, maybe the third year when you had to picking options and you had to like yeah. you know go through and and it was kind of like right, I'm gonna pick the most practical options you can do, something like drama woodwork. Uh, like catering because I, I just I just at that point decided I wanted to be a chef, so I thought mm-hmm. if I go cook in a classroom for, you know, six hours a week mm-hmm. that'll be all right. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's where I, I I was obviously in the same class as your Becky, your sister, where she used to regularly right. tell me, you know, my brother Johnny plays rugby, and I was like, I don't, I don't know him.
0: I don't. And then years later, <laughs> he's a no one. <laughs> yeah,
1: and she was she was like, you do you know him? You, you must do. He plays rugby, and we're like Becky, doesn't work like that. Just because no. just because just our lads play rugby doesn't mean we know everybody. and She was adamant yeah. we all knew knew yeah, and we didn't. Years later, <laughs> she we thought didn't. I was big time. <laughs> yeah, you, you know me, brother. We don't. But then there's like three or four lads in this class who said we don't. We don't know him. We don't know. Him. He's too young. Yeah. He's like, you know.
0: But no, and it it's yeah. my plus. It's like I was playing rugby league as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I don't
0: know the rugby union until I like, I got to high school. To be honest with you, mate. Mm. But that so,
1: was it, so, it because but- it's skewed, Like we, we had the, like the like a really good, really good rugby team because they, they had like yeah. the Hornet team in my year, so yeah. it was like really good. And I really wasn't into it, but I still remember like people like Liam McGovern and Jamie Durbin and people like that who were just like outstanding rugby players who were in our year. And and yeah. like people would say like you know, well our, our team's really really good.
0: No, it generally was. though, wasn't it? It was like yeah. I think all of them, but one got signed. I thought all of them. I, yeah, like, I, I think sixteen, something like didn't they? Yeah,
1: yeah, it was yeah, like and it
0: was a free kiss team.
1: Yeah, all conquering. They all sort of like peaked yeah. at the same time as well. You know, like eleven through sixteen, you get lads who are like six foot four and like four foot nothing. I think they were all sort of like in their like teenage peak throughout that. So, you know, they were they were coming up against teams and putting quite a big scores on them. So. Yeah, yeah they
0: were, well, you um, know where so... McGuff is now, don't you? Uh, yeah, do you have seen it? The, Italy. Italy, yeah. Italy, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, to be honest, he comes training at the Wits, and uh, and I think it was one of the sessions where not a lot of the, the first team lads were there, mm. and the stand just like the standard was poor, mate. Even right. I thought, like, this is shit. it's if you were coming to sign for us, you wouldn't sign. Mm. Well, and I think it, that's what happened there. I think my golf sort of looked at that and thought, Yeah, I don't want to speak for him anyway. Like, I get yeah. on well enough with him to be able to tell me privately. But that's like if i had been in and gone yeah. and, and, somewhere, and else. regardless of me being from there, when someone's going to look after you a little bit
1: elsewhere, yeah. I, I wouldn't have come back. Well, his first game for Waterloo was after the WIDS thirds played their third team on the big pitch, Did like a, a fun day. And uh, I was playing fullback for the third. Don't ask me why I was playing fullback for the third, but I was. Mm-hmm. And on that big pitch at Waterloo, and it's, you know, it's, it's bigger than the earth, big. isn't it? Yeah, and it's big. I'm, wa- I'm walking back after this try at Barthas, and getting battered. And I hear this, hey, up the street, T, and a turn. And I just went, what are you doing here? As he's like trotting up there. Because I sat next to him and I talked to him again, well, William. Yeah. And he went, you know what it is. So, before I like after our game before they were doing the pop around, we had a bit of a chat and then I seen him a few months later and I said, How'd you go? And he said, Yeah, and that was his first game before boom So I uh, All oh, uh, right,
0: For what straight from Saints? Was yeah.
1: It? Um no, yeah. But just time after that would be probably been like Rochdale and Swinton and Blackpool Rochdale. and that yeah, right, yeah, But yeah, that right. was I just I just didn't expect to see this uh, as I look and see who it was because I didn't expect you know the name Streetie to be shouted. Yeah. It's just like what are you doing here? Unbelievable. Yeah and just he, did he he's,
0: charge you to get Tanner to get in the Robin Bastards.
1: Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, even though we were playing probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Players, mate. It's a woman's right. game. No players, honest.
0: Yeah. And what what we've spoke about bite in general before when we've we've been in the same company, mate, and had a few fruity siders is how you can sp- how you can tend to, don't know whether it's from the days with your dad climbing through these trees to watch players are out, but mm. you tend to be able to see talent, even if the talent isn't being sure. Mm. Like, you can spot a rough gem, right? Is that something you've been able to do through school? Because some players that think they are good players and make good coaches don't necessarily make the best coaches. Some of them do. Yeah. But I think, I think you've been someone that's been able, along with... Kyle was great with us young lads, uh, yeah. mentioned before. Liam, Liam Ward was great with us. Borgie, Barraclough, Shingy coming through, people like John Parker and that were all great with us. Um, but is that is that something you've noticed, mate, you've been able to like, help unearth or clean these little gems we've had? I, I think... Without football manager as well. You know yeah, I mean, yeah, just, without
1: without champ manager, I think it's because of yeah, that.
0: without a scout, I, was and and I was a champ manager.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I think I think one of the one of the like the I'm not going to sit here and like blow me on trumpet because I don't want to. But one of the one of the things that I'm kind of good at is I can see potential in people when they can't see themselves. So yeah, and I, I'll, I'll I'll one of the things I like doing is I like developing people. I like seeing where they're at, seeing where I can get them to. That's in like my job now, and also like in in my coaching. Yeah. And and I think you've got to be positive with these people because a lot of the time, like there are some coaches, you know, and we know we know who they are. Who everything's shit, everything's rubbish. You know, there's there's no there's no good thing. You know, and if you tell somebody all the time that you're rubbish, you know, you can't do this. It, it subconsciously stays in their mind, so they never. believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's like you know when you go to the gym and the personal trainer is going to you. You can do this. You can do this. It, it's it's built to reinforcing that, and a lot of the time with some of the some of the lads that you get, everyone knows they're a good player. They know they're a good player, but because they've been chipped away at, you just need somebody to put their arm out and say, "You can do this." Like a lot of the time in like third no
0: trainers that you know don't give you tramadol plasters and a diet sheet.
1: No, no, I've it's no, not, it. not that type of I <laughs> ring, I ring you up in it on a Wednesday afternoon to say that you're at, at Waterloo and you didn't even play. You know stuff like that. Or, or <laughs> can you get such a body's phone number for you? And you're thinking I don't even I've never met him. Like I don't even know who this person is. But yeah, that sort of stuff. But that, that's what I. That's how, how I view it. Like you know, even in the third team and fourth team, you know, that's where I spent the majority of my playing career. If you could build one of those lads up. And then you never saw him again. You were made up because you know our goal was always get someone in that first team. We get somebody out of this th- third team into that first team. We've done our job. That was it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't necessarily for win every week. Like we used to, I used to joke all the time. If I if someone turned up with a really really good, and he'd go, "Oh, what was he like?" You know, like Tank could go, oh, "What was he like?" He'd go, "Oh, he's rubbish." Like he was man of the match. What was him? Yeah. And he'd like look at you across the table. <laughs> <laughs> he's got six, but he's rubbish. Tank, you don't want him. Yeah. You know? That that would be the case if we'll have him another week and then give him in the second and and that's my philosophy is seeing what people can do and seeing whether they can go like I used to say to, to some of the Colts. Yes, you're playing in this position now. Don't think you're always going to be in that position because you know your body shape changes, you know your your body changes, your mind changes. Yes, at 16 you're what well, the tallest on the team, but come to 18, 20, you might be a dumpy front rower. Do you know what I mean? So you might go from that second row to that front row, and you just you just don't know. So for me, it was just about looking at people's potential, about where they were, getting to where they could be over time. Um, in terms of talent spotting, you, you know a good player when you see one. If you know rugby, and if you understand rugby, you know if you don't understand if you don't understand rugby, and there, there are people at every club who think they know rugby. You know, it's like at like at ten to say fourteen. Everyone thinks Martin O'Fire is the best player in the witness team when they're watching him, or the winger who scores all the tries. You know, they don't realise it's the fellas inside him that are making that until he's slightly older. And that's, I think, when you get your mind is like 14, 15, 16, 17, that's when you sort of realise that actually the fella who's getting all the glory isn't the fella who's the who's the playmaker. It's the guy inside where the six and the seven, or the ten and the nine. And that's, that's, the way I, that's my philosophy on it. So.
0: And you you've seen the game change as well, mate. Like our positions,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, not just body type and size yeah. and power, but attribute-wise, like in both courts as well, haven't you? Because mm-hmm. you, you're not you're not just a rugby a rugby union fan. You love your rugby league, like you said, and you can spot both. But how how have you seen the way people adapted the way the games changed? Do people adapt at all to it? Did he still think the old way suits? Or
1: it, I think it depends. It, like, it, if you look at when I first started playing, like when I went back to the winds, when I was like sixteen, um, it, we had a we had a team that was like a lot of rugby league lads was in it. Like Ash Moore was, was was playing in that, and you know we had a couple of the lads who were like really really like. We we play like a rugby league type the hybrid of rugby union. You know, ten years later, the game both games have completely changed. You know, ten years again, it's completely changed and it's completely different. Now I think if you're a good player in, if you're a good player, you're a good player in any era because the fundamentals yeah. of the sport are the same. You know what I mean? Rugby. Right, it's yeah. just people sort of change the way they play. And I think now it's a lot of paint by numbers, isn't it? It's like, oh we're not gonna put a move on until we get to the twenty-two. And if somebody like yeah. throws a miss pass or something like that, it's almost like the ref has to give a penalty because it's not in the script. I think nowadays it's over-coached and it's over, like...
0: Too so structured, isn't it?
1: Yeah, a lot of players yeah. look to the coach, like, what do you want us to do? Where well, I think the coach stand back and go, right, what do we do here? Because a lot of the time, the coach wasn't as good as player as them. You know, he, yeah. he, he, he's not. And so we have to look at them and say, you know, you're, you're a 10, I, I, was, I was a hooker. I don't know what to do here. What do you think we should do? Yeah. We should do, right, well, let's do that then and see, and trial by error. And I think that's... There's not enough of that now in the game, and that's from like professional way, way down to the amateur. Um, you sort of you know when they get to a certain area that they're going to put on a move. And I think we've had this discussion before. Is the better teams, they all put the same moves on. Just the better teams are better executed. When a call, yeah, yeah, yeah and, and do it. You know, it's going to be like a, a dummy, scissor pop or a face, or you know something,
0: Kiwi stuff going, like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, out the back, or it's just something. Um, but it's just the fact that the better teams can you know execute whereas the other teams sort of like might do it five or six times and it only comes off once where the other it that yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: they'll
1: bang it yeah. out all the time.
0: Yeah no that's fair mate. So when you were when you were at school then and this because this, that team was phenomenal. Mm. Was there an avenue for you to play anywhere? Was there ever was Merseyside around? Was it an option for you?
1: I never, I never played rugby at, at school. Um, right. I just wasn't really into it, so I didn't really see all like Merseyside, Lancashire, North England, yeah. and all that stuff. Because a, I, I wasn't good enough, but also I wasn't sort of in that circle, so I didn't really know that existed.
0: interested so. either? Yeah,
1: yeah, it wasn't wasn't really my thing. It was only when um, a guy who's no longer with us called Colin Fillingham had was at the Wids and he was starting on under 16s team. And one of my mates said, you fancy going? Um, and sort of me and Dave Quayle went along and this other lad uh, didn't, didn't turn up. He, he he didn't bother. He stayed at West Park, a lad called Alex Holden. So me and Dave Quayle went along just to sort of see what was going on. And and we sort of stayed and played a few games and then that team sort of like semi-folded. Um, so that was like sort of my loop back into at like 16 and my dad obviously came back up then and sort of like had a look at it and seen it and, and then yeah it wasn't necessarily there for me the representative because I, I wasn't in the circle I wasn't in that environment and
0: Was your eyes open to a different side of culture to rugby at that age mate?
1: Uh not really it was, it was still Shortly off the
0: field stop.
1: Um, it's at 16 he was kind of I didn't see the other side of you know the Colts culture yeah. shall we say, and that's till I got till hit the Colts really. Right. at 16, we turned up on a Sunday, and if we had 17, we were we were you know we were lucky. Uh, we had a scratch team. And I think that team ended up because we folded. end up. Few went to West Park, few went to West Bank rugby league, and sort of disbanded. But um, that was sort of like the next year. Then it was it was some of us got like asked to go back to playing the Colts, and and we didn't, and, and that's it. But that was when sort of the, the culture and sort of what the WIDS was about, you know, the, and what you we were trying to achieve as not just a team, but as a club and a culture. And um, that was sort of like the, the the seeds being planted in my head of yeah, this is this is what it's about. You know, the social side of it, and the, yeah, we played rugby for eighty minutes, but now it's the five hours in the bar afterwards, and you know, top of the town and so Sometimes.
0: on. Yeah. Right, so, options leaving school were, mate, what, what were your options and what was the next path for Neil Street?
1: So, so I, I left school and went straight to Halton College, uh, Riverside College, as it's it called now, and did two yeah. years catering there, chefing. Um, I had me, like, set on being the next Jamie Oliver or Gordon Ramsay or, you know, Michael Pierre-White. So, I, that was me, but I was still playing rugby on a Saturday and working every other hour I could at the, at the stadium, at the witness ground. So I'd sort of like play rugby at home or you'd be, be at the Wids uh, play and then get a lift down or I'd, I'd work in the week or Friday or Sundays. And that was sort of it to try and get as much experience as a could chef in. You know, I worked at the Everglades for a little bit. I worked at a couple of the pubs and that just to get that experience chef in for those two years. Right. So that was sort of me just head down as, as a, as a chef, in the birds out pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah constantly. So that was it. For you ever feel
0: years. restricted, Neil, with like uh, menu choices? Or with, like, I know we spoke a little bit about that you worked at the even for a bit, mate, didn't yeah. you? And you were saying like you, the variation in food was very minimal, wasn't it? You were just yeah. doing the same thing. Is yeah. that frustrating as a chef, or does that allow yeah. you to master it? it?
1: If you do something, it, like, over and over again, you, you become a you know, master in it, which I get. But yeah. you want to learn, at that age, you want to learn new things. Like, you want to learn, like, you know, how they do this, how to do that. So sometimes it was kind of like, oh, we're doing, you know, 50 plates of this again, or whatever. So it can be quite repetitive and quite boring. And you've got to sort of, like, mentally prepare yourself. um, You know, but that's how you learn. That's how you get, like, really good at it. Like, your knife skills. Like, people say to me, you know, can you do all that fancy stuff? Yeah, I can, because I've had to do it. You know, I had to learn how to use a knife and things like that, and you know, I had to like you sharpen it and stuff like that. So, you know, one one it's funny because one kit bag was full of like chef whites and and knives, and the other one was like full <laughs> of rubber boots and, and dirty mud. So yeah, it was two yeah. contrasting environments really.
0: What's the um, culture like in a kitchen? as chefs like really open to helping? Or oh, are, you, are you ever seen as a threat? Are you
1: ever seen as a hindrance? So when I left college at, at 18, I went to London for 10 months working yeah. uh, in a hotel. Um, and I also did some like agency work in the, in the city itself. And um, I obviously... Coming from a uh, rugby background, it's quite intimidating when you walk into a change of room and there's like giants in there, you're thinking, wow. Yeah. And they're they all sort of like giving you grief and what are you doing? And you know, there's always that like bully or something. In the kitchen at first, it can be quite similar because you're thinking, wow, yeah. he's such a body, or this is this, or that's, you know, it's quite intimidating. But once you get into the flow of it, as long as you keep up, you get the respect of it. It's like in anything, if you can do the job, they'll, yeah. you'll let you get on with it. You know, but when you're getting like, you know, screamed at for six plates that you're behind on, and you know, you're hearing that the, the guy on the other side is like behind ten plates, you're thinking, Oh, well there's always someone worse than me and you know, he, he's yeah. gonna get it, not me, sort of thing. But it, it when people say it's it's pressured, it is because you know, one minute sat in the restaurant it feels like an hour in the kitchen, it goes like that. So it's it's that sort of that people don't realize, you know, people like watch chef think, Oh, it's easy that it's, it's good, but you know, go cook for 500 people, you know, same dish 100 times, it's got to look exactly the same, it doesn't go over the head chef's shoulder, and probably towards you. So, that's the type of environment it is because people want perfection. You know, if you're going out for a nice meal, they want it to be a nice meal, they don't just want to be like, you know, burnt chips or something like that, they want, you know, yeah. beef welling and. And all that and lamb shank, and all the you know, the, the scallops with the, the black pudding sauce, and all that that's what they want, that's and that's what you've got to give them, yeah.
0: Mate, mate. how did the opportunity to London to go to London come about? Is it through someone mutual? Is it a tutor? Was it how did that come about, mate?
1: Yeah, our our old boss, a lady called Sandra, had, had been rang by an agency to go and work down there. And me and right. my mate, Rob Corns, who were working at the stage, and she said. They're looking for two chefs, you fancy it? Um, and she, we went down, had an interview it was just on the outskirts of the M25, it's a place called Theobald's Park in Chesham. It is, and um, we we went, and the um, it was when I was there when England won the World Cup in 2003. So I was actually on duty, like in my chef whites, watching Johnny Wilkinson drop this goal. With all these hotel guests, which was really surreal because, like, we sort of turned all the kitchen off and, like, were saying, mm. We're gonna watch the, we what I watched up until extra time. And then they were like, Where are you going? Like, I'm uh, gonna have to go, stay. Like, no, you won't stay out. So we ended up staying with these guests and watching him drop the goal. And then I was there for the parade, you know, when they brought the cup home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were, all, I was on one of the roads there watching that, which was like crazy because I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, 18 years old and I'm, I'm stood watching this and you know I, I could just should, should probably be at the winds now drinking or something but instead I'm watching this <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and mental um, but that's how it came about and I stayed there for 10 months and then opportunities down there were sort of drying up and I got more yeah. chance to come back up here I got a couple of options and it was like i will come back up here and, and see what happens and I came back to, to work at the stadium then at the witness ground right
0: so what was the um what was the term of contact? Was it a 10, 12 month thing? Was it just ongoing? Or... It was
1: just it was just ongoing, but at the time uh, it was initial style conferencing, and they were like they were kind of. We went down there and told, "Oh yeah, he's a safe. He's absolutely fine." But after a while, we kind of semi got the feeling that they were moving people onto different hotels and uh, there was like the head chef was leaving, the second chef was leaving, looking to bring other people in, um, and I. Um, had been speaking to somebody throughout the week, and I kind of just said to him, that I said, listen, I said, I'm going to come home. This isn't, this isn't for me. A little bit of homesickness, maybe as well. Um, in the middle of nowhere, couldn't, couldn't really go anywhere. Or anything couldn't drive at the time. Um, met some like really amazing people, like down there, and you know, I still speak to some of them now and that. But it was kind of like I came home on like the Friday, and I was. You know, I was I was training on the the following Tuesday at the, the reds because it was like just I just get back into this and see what see what happens and um yeah I was in I think I was working on the, the following Friday at the stadium but yeah that was that was pretty much it ten months then.
0: so what what happens between that and the stadium I'll, so you you left the stadium to go down there and then you've managed to come back
1: yeah I was I was only like yeah. a waiter and a porter at the stadium. Before I went down there right. so my, my yeah. first real proper chef job was down in Theobalds, down in London so yeah. I jumped straight out of college Um I'd done a couple of competitions at college for chefing and things like that and then yeah. I jumped straight into it when I went down there then came back
0: we got real serious really quick I imagine yeah. them from college yeah. right yeah yeah
1: my, my first my first week was just on prep just on veg prep and meat prep and just seeing what I could do and showing, you know, what, because I was, like, trained, whereas one of the other lads, they'd been teaching him, so, like, I could do things that he couldn't, and he was like, can yeah. you show me that? I was like, yeah, sure. So, like, he, he would make soups different ways I would, or he'd, like, trim the meat up certain ways, or he wouldn't do just the little things he taught at college, you know, that are sort yeah. of, like, the finesse of it. I was showing that yeah. where he wasn't, so that was like kind of like my my first week of just like today. You're just gonna prep this for twelve hours. Sound yeah. There we go, bang done. Um, so that was like literally that be
0: testing as well, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just show see, yeah. What, see where they need to to put you in what yeah. department and that because obviously I went as a commie chef, which is the bomb. Yeah. So I was doing like right. stars and desserts. Um, but over time, then you sort of get you get confident in it, so you get to sort of like do like the pass or. You know they serve the food or the, the yeah, the grill and things like that. So that was kind of like where where we ended up.
0: Yeah, some people are just happy being the comms, aren't yeah. they? Just are yeah. happy smashing starters and desserts out,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, right, mate. So you, you come off, you're back at training Tuesday. Is it like you were never away? But is there any changes there? Um,
1: yeah, uh, there was, there was a couple of things there was. I can't remember um, to DS because it was like it's a bit, it's just sort of like semi-rolled into one, but there was, it, there was some new players. We were all kind of like older, so we'd all come up the Colts. We weren't Colts anymore, or I wasn't. The Colts were Sunday. So yeah. it was like you're training, uh, Tank was coaching. So you kind of like you went along on the, on the days and you, you you were hoping that you were going to get picked and we only had like two teams really and a Vets team and just slowly morphed into the thirds. So if you didn't kind of get picked in the first or second team, um, you were put like on the reserve list and that was kind of like, because we'd gone from having all the first team, second team, not a second team even at, at one point, um, just okay. the first team and the, and the Vets and then the Colts so that kind of then grew. We had a second team, just little things started to change around the club. I think Spike and Chris had gone to Blackpool and they had a, a big saying, you know, they did the kids' discos that kept the kept the club alive. And that's how I kind of like, helped out with going into the gym and like you coming here and things like that. Like um, Andrew Wayne wasn't coach anymore, He'd left, um, he left because he. he he got like me involved in in the training on the Tuesdays and Thursdays, but me and I remember a lad called Richie Dennett, Sidewinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, me, and him would go up and train on a Tuesday and Thursday on our own, just as a you know something to do, 16, 17. Nah. and we ended up kind of like being dragged into the, the training with the first team, and um, we got. I always remember this because I it, it sticks with me because it's something that I, I, I always say it should never happen. I got told. That me and Richie shouldn't be training with the first team because it, it's not right, it's not it and we were like why not and then we mentioned it one day to Andrew Wayne and Andrew Wayne said you'll train till I tell you you won't and we were like yes Andy, we'll train and we trained every week and it, it became our thing of you know, If we weren't there and he seen us on the Saturday, where was you on Tuesday? Where was you on Thursday? Oh, I was working. Did you tell anybody? No, i right, not good enough. You know what I mean? He, he started yeah. to like put that culture on us and that thing of Tuesdays and Thursdays, you train, like you know, going yeah. to the gym and like Richie Barraclough and Borg, you, like kind of semi took me up to the wing and sort of like helped me a lot. And then when I came back, it was the sort of same thing. It was like I'd never been away, really. You know, I still getting picked on and abused off Aldo and stuff like that. <laughs>
0: So just this this divide day, which is basically what it what it was, whoever mm-hmm. said that to you. Um was there ever something in you that thought I'm gonna I'm gonna change that? Or is that was that just in you By it's your approach in you anyway, and that doesn't really affect you.
1: My 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 approach is 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 Tuesdays and Tuesdays and Thursdays, realistically we're all one club. I, until them teams get picked, yeah. I'm a WIDs player, you're with player, they're WIDs players, we're all with players. so that team gets picked on that Saturday. That's what we are. Yeah. We all train together. Yes, on a Thursday, you have to run through your moves. And I get that, I'm totally understand that. But I was getting coached by like them players, them players telling me to do things, helping me with things. When I was going to Colts training, you know, over- I wasn't getting that. I was sort of being held and you know, you and Richie go hold them shield with them three other lads and they're just going to run at you all night. Like, you know, yeah. I, I don't think anybody gets better with that. You've got to do no. it. And like, you know, they used to say to me, right, nearly going on the scrum machine and I'd be like, uh, what? Like, yeah, you want to get in with the front row and I'd be like going in at hooker with like Sai and uh, like Vickers or somebody else and we'd have like the, the back row and the second row in it and be hitting the scrum machine and put your feet here, do this. I was getting all that sort of stuff that the other cults weren't getting. You know, I was getting that. Then I was being like shown how to, not speak to people, but, you know, like that person's really struggling with this out the back. But we're going to show them how to do it. You know, we're going to walk through them and stuff like that. And I got that like first hand. So I always wanted to sort of make sure that I passed that on or gave that to people. Because at the end of the day, we'd all learn to play for the wins and, and win. So... That's that's what I think. That's what I think it should have been done, and that's that's how I always try to do it.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I agree, mate. Because fundamentally, like you said before, rugby is rugby. Yeah. If it's done a little bit slower or a little bit messier, it's irrelevant. Mm. Because the philosophy is meant to be the four, the four senior teams, including senior cult, play the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: whether you run the lead line on a Kiwi for the Colts or for the second team doesn't mm-hmm. matter because the first and third team, well yeah, is going to be running the same line, albeit yeah. slightly different. Mm-hmm. But that's where like your first or your second team centre should be saying, listen, just straighten up here and then bang off one foot here, yeah, or or whatever it is, whether it's like oh you run a bit more or come a bit mm-hmm. like for me big ladder was slow, come forward a bit, start earlier, yeah come tighter and then kick off rather than too wide and kick off. Like that day are the times to do it, aren't they? To get yeah. rid of them errors. <laughs> yeah. But it, I'm sure most clubs like that, you know, but oh, yeah, they yeah need to wear and see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not just at the wits like just, uh, just, so when just... when did you start growing into a team?
1: Um,
0: when did probably... you fa- when did you find your you you play sort of thing, play regular, train regular,
1: probably enjoy it? When I was, in, I was in the third team like every other week or every couple of weeks everything I was just kind of doing it because I was there it was just it was nothing else yeah. it was like you, you go to the winter Tuesday, Thursday you train you watch a bit of rugby on the telly or whatever Saturday you turn it yeah. if you need a play either if not you sit and watch the first or whatever and then yeah. there was a third team game and we had like 12 subs on the bench and it was like you can have three And then me dad sort of said at the bar one day we need a fourth team. So it was kind of like, decided that me dad would run a fourth team and I was asked to be captain of it to sort of get people involved.
0: Spare edit, yeah. yeah. Bear in mind though, you've come from a club where there was barely a second team. Yeah. And now you're leading the front with your dad on a fourth team.
1: Yeah, which was like, which was like really, really like mental because, you know, we we didn't have a kit, we didn't have... Players, you know, we had we got a scratch team and we went to oh, what's the place in Lee? Beginning with T, um, where is it? Badly, beginning with T, what's it called? Tarleton, no, where was Dave pete from? Oh, tilsley tilsley I can't remember yeah, that was called. Yeah, yeah. We went there and then. Yeah. Uh, in our first game, I got run over by Simon Knox, who used to play for Witness. Paul Daly oh, played. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Callum played. And um, it, yeah, he literally like ran over me about four times because it, I, I used to pick the team with my dad. And whatever wasn't available or wasn't a player position, I would play it. So that season, I played every position. Um, and it was kind of like we won our second or third game. And my dad had to ref games and we had to get cousins of ref. and um, come the end of the season we had like 12 strong players and like, people drafted in oh, you know, playing regularly yeah 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 we, we played you yeah. we, we laugh about it now but we played on a uh, another middle pitch on Prescott Field yeah we played on that one. it was frozen because which church had arrived they had 20 odd players, we had 20 odd players because the third team game got called off and we played on it and about five minutes into the warm-up, the rest said, well, I'm here, you're here, we're playing it. <laughs> but you could feel it, how hard it was. <laughs> underneath. the lads were like, so it was like, we played it and and some of them lads who I got to play are still in that like, team. Like We went to Moore um, and Tom Griffith will tell you that it was his greatest ever game. And it lasted all of twelve minutes, I think. So, you know, that's that's it. When
0: Gav did Gav, yeah, or tackle someone we, or step someone or something.
1: We, I kicked the ball through for Gav to chase because he wanted it, and the lad caught it. Gav out and tackled him, and his knee, like, cap dislocated or disappeared, and. I was like, there was a bit of commotion and I've gone over thinking, oh, what a cricket score, it's got like the club, dad's like, nearly is off and I've gone, why oh my, God, he's got no knee, it's like, just oh. gone and that was, it was like 21-0 up after 12 minutes and there's a couple of pictures on the WID's website and uh, they're not flattering to me or Tom, one I'm on the floor, like on all fours, one he's like, I think he looks like <laughs> he's dropped it. Um, yeah. But we said it was our best, our best game ever but yeah, it ended and um, It that lad, it was his first ever game of rugby. He was in the pub the night before, and somebody dared him to have a game. So he said, Oh, yeah, well, and dislocated his knee. knee." Yeah, there
0: we go. In that, Uh, so what's the justification like come season's end, mate? When you look there, and you're 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 truly established an extra team, basically. And well, lads are enjoying playing there, lads were choosing to play for over some other teams, weren't they?
1: Yeah, it was. We had a conversation, and I was, I was stepping away from being captain, but my dad was still going to be coach because it got to the stage where I was probably a little bit better than the fourth team. Like I was kicking goals, I was playing ten, I was playing nine. I was like, it was easy for me, you know, to do it yeah. at that level because it was like really old fellas and you know lads who really. It's all sugar, bit, mate,
0: isn't mate. it? Yeah. yeah.
1: So I kind of, like said, I'm not going to play third. I'm going to step up into the thirds. And I sort of became like the utility player. But the round, like the, the talk was that we need to keep it going. We need to keep it going. And there was talk at one point, because it was like the 50th year, that we we're going to get five teams, you know, because lads were starting to turn up and we were saying, how many have how the fourth team got? And they'd go, we've got eight subs. You know, it started to grow and it started yeah. to get to that stage. of think, can we do? And then a couple of times we were talking about it, and it was a case of if the second team takes two subs, if the third team takes yeah. two, and the fourth and the fourth team take two subs, we'll give them extra subs to the to this fifth team, and we'll go it. And like lads, lads would like come out, the work to play and they were saying, you know, oh, well, I, I love a game, I love a game. Uh, game and stuff. If it's just fourth team, like Ray Galloway and Eddie Beckett, they both played. My dad coached them in the Colts. You know, the, the, the lads appeared out of nowhere to play. Um, yeah. And it just sort of like, it grew into that and it was a shame really when it died off when the lads went to other clubs, but it was sort of like this, well, we need to keep it going. And it did and I think it went for about two or three years on. Mm. But then,
0: other people the impression guys, I, mean, I got of people leaving, sorry to interrupt, you know, no, was, they felt they were better, didn't they? And yeah. it transpired when they were there or thereabouts at the right level. Yeah. No uh, offence to anybody.
1: No, no. A, a, a lot that's of the lads what happened, was it? Yeah. A lot a lot of the lads that left could have played higher. But other people were like interfering higher up with, you know, who had no future, right to interfere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like a couple of the people who were connected to the first team would would come along and, and change things in the teams and would cause problems. And then we, you know, you yeah. suddenly, these five lads that had come out of the woodwork to play were being told they couldn't play. And and then it was like, well, why can't they play? Oh, well, he's told me you can't. And he said, okay, but I've got to do this yeah. and stuff. And then they were like, uh, I'm not playing for the WIDS ball swim yeah. and stuff. And it kind of like people yeah. went above the station and started doing things that they shouldn't have been doing and, and stuff. And that, yeah. was, that was one of the reasons why, it, obviously, you it, it started to to fold.
0: Yeah. Um, see when you're in the thick of it, mate, you don't understand the politics, do you? No. No. Like, but when you're in selection when, then... when you yeah, when you're trying to play serious rugby again, no offence to and yeah. Well thirds is serious to be fair, but do you know what I mean? It's more social than serious, but there's still mm. an element to it. Yeah. I, I always think if you if if the if the first team coach wants to be involved with the Susie semi should be shouldn't he? Yeah. Not not overly dictated, will but he should semi say, Listen, that lad there is playing well. Could you possibly play him here for half an hour and see yeah. what he's like? He should have input, but not not beyond the second team for me.
1: Well, that's that's exactly what my dad and Mike Ryan yeah. did with that lad that the told you at the start. Yeah. They wanted him to play a certain position to see what he was like and he wasn't good enough. I and yeah. I completely agree with it. I think if whoever the first team Coaches, if he comes to the second team coach and says, "Look, I want him to play for this this position for this amount of time," and then I want you to be brutally honest with me, as the second and the yeah. second team coach might come on and say 50-50 about it with you. You know, do you want to come yeah. and watch him when he have not got a game and see what you think? Or he might turn around and say, "I'll oh, leave him with us for a bit." Yeah, Le- yeah, leave him. Yeah. You know, give give us give us a. Can we have him for four weeks? And I'll tell you at the end there. Yeah, you know, because that there's yeah. no harm in that. You know, because no, he might be not even a first seamer,
0: playing himself yeah. back into form.
1: Yeah, isn't it. Yeah, yeah. And people have, you know, people trust certain people's their opinions. What you think about him? You know what I mean? We've had the conversation before. Yeah. I've had the conversation with Josh, other lads. Do you think he's a good player? You know, you've got people whose opinions you trust. You, you, you know, you think yeah. If he thinks he's good, he's good. You know, like some of the people I'll touch, on I may want to, you know, want to fifteen later. When I say the name, people will go, "Oh, he's a good name," just by the yeah. name because they'll know he's a good. Name, but you, you just you just know them sort of players, you know what I mean? And yeah, I think sometimes people get too hung up in like with, with us. What happened with us a lot of times was that first team would interfere with the third team, and I'd be like, "Well, the hell, do you know what? Do you, even, do you even know this lad? You know, you've never yeah. you've never had interaction. With Why are you interfering all of a sudden and stuff?" And so that was. But yeah, as you say, happens at all of the clubs.
0: Yeah, oh, it does, mate. And along with playing rugby league, uh, rugby union, mate, excuse me, you were playing rugby league as well. So yeah. talk to us about who you played for, who was around that team, what got you playing for who you were playing for.
1: Well, I played for the infamous Runcorn Vikings, which was sort of like a, it was a community club set up by Widnuts. Um, yeah. And a couple of us went along from the Weds and that couple... How oh, did you down. hear
0: about it, mate?
1: So it was in the paper. It was just—it was in like the weekly oh, news. It was just like in there, yeah. and a couple of us were talking about it one day at training, and I think it started semi me out as a bit of a joke. So I think oh we're going to go over there and that, and then we went, and then it sort of semi, as I say, like it grew. Like we got you over the Chris Morgan, uh, I think Gav Hatton came, and a couple of lads, and and it sort of like semi grew from this. Like I'm not going to say joke to a serious team who were like, you know, yeah. had some serious good players. And I'm, I'm still friends with a lot of the lads now, like Chris Leach, Rob Calland, uh, Ian Chavot, yeah. people like that. I still keep in touch a that Tim Leach, um, you know, to put, this is how old it was, I think. Matty Fozard, who plays for Witness now, I think he was about seven, you know running round and stuff and now he's off playing for witness and I still see him now and I think and I remember his little brother being born and I, I said soon the the a week in the rally I said are you the youngest Foz and he went yeah and I went I remember you being born and he was like is you really that old and was like get out of your not don't come in here again so yeah we run corner but from that then Chris Leach being the salesman that he is sold me the idea of going to farm with because I wasn't playing at the Wins at the time. I couldn't get in the second team. Um, the third team wasn't really there, so I yeah. I'll go and have a laugh at see what Farmworth is like. And I stayed the whole year, unfortunately. We didn't have a, a playing squad. We had about 16 lads every week or 15 lads, and we got relegated out of the Prem, but I stayed the whole year. A couple of people were there, like Tony Fretwild, Kyle. They were at Farmworth with us. Yeah. Giving it a go, but they left to go back the wids because the second team were then struggling. But I said, No, I've made a I made a commitment, I'm gonna gonna stick to it. And I stayed and played the whole season at with and made some like lifelong friends up there and that. And like it was one of those things where um you know, we we'd go away with like 12 men, 13 men, but you'd go back the wings and it Was just as good sometimes, if not better, than when we were having the social side of the wits because everyone was just, yeah, you know, drinking Guinness or doing the double gadget after Jeds or you know, just having, yeah. having a laugh. And it was different because you were you were drinking with different people, you were playing with different people. And you know, you see him now, like, like young Harry Smith playing at Wigan now, you know, yeah, his dad Biffa playing with him. Um, Ben Davies at St Helens, Spender's lad, you know, you see him playing, you know, there's other ones that you think, and I remember when you were like this five-year-old and you man with the ball, and the ball was bigger than you, and now you're like, you know, yeah. Super League. Ripping it up. Yeah. No, it's,
0: and how mad is it to see how much they've grown? Like, they've got their own, they've, like, yeah. clubhouse the functions up and running, all that done with what we said before, volunteers and Goodwill, yeah. isn't it, and Faith, and...
1: Unbelievable. I I always, like, laugh because I still see Atty and the Atwood now when we do our curry clubs yeah. and that. I remember being kicked out of the middle room at the winged club at, like, 7 o'clock for six women to play bingo. I used to think it was a joke. I, used to, I was yeah, like, is this yeah. a joke? And they're like...
0: Because hey, they had a, a room with the snooker tables, didn't they? And they had, like, the function yeah. room, didn't The, the they? middle
1: bit. Do you remember yeah. the middle bit with the telly? Oh, yeah. yeah. And these, these women had come in and I'd be like, this is a joke, this isn't it, lads. And they were like, no, get out. And I'm like, where are we going? And like, drink up, we're going here, or we're going to Griffin, or we're going to. No, no, no. And I, used to, I, I couldn't get my head around it. I'd be like, are we, are we have, have, yeah, go up, move. You know, that's no. Betty's seat or whatever. And and now you go to, and they've got 10 pitches, you know, brilliant change of facilities. Driving oh, again, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. And, it's, and yeah. the minis and junior section. And like you say, it's all down to that word, volunteers.
0: Yeah, same with that little stingers, mate. You see it every kid's got yep. the little stinger kit on the dads yep. and all mums are involved, aren't they? And yeah, they've got a
1: they've masters team, up, uh, They've got a yeah.
0: women's masters team. It's fantastic to see. Yeah, no, they are they crack they cracked it like, but it's it all comes from them days when you're scratching. Like I remember a Weds game being off and you rung and said, How quick can you get here? Go Will and Matt me dad, next minute you're on the corner of Royal Ave with three yeah. fellas I've never met before in a car. Yeah. And we're away at Ashton or whatever. I, yeah, yeah, I remember them days you struggled and can you get players other yeah. games. Yeah, you just get them anywhere innit? It's a yeah. body. Um yeah. and that's why them days now are as good as they are because you hardcore yeah. just pulling people together in it.
1: Yeah.
0: So what you come back the woods from Farnworth, don't you? Yeah, you 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 win personal awards. You you've established that team now because it's mm-hmm. still there as well. The third yeah. team, it's strong, and uh, Sharon's kicked on with them. Uh, We've done our coaching badges together, mate. Yeah, with, yeah. with Dan Newall. So, talk about your journey coming back. Mention a few of them things. Talk us how it all works.
1: I I, I kind of came back because at with we, we kind of got an influx of players and. It was like, because I was just, like, covering the wing or covering, whatever, I, I didn't really have a position in rugby league. I was just, like, thrown anywhere. Um, and I did sort of the preseason, And then I kind of semi had a chat with, like, Spender, who um, was the coach. And I just said, realistically, I'm probably not going to play, on my mate? And he said, you, you, you're more than welcome to be here every week. I said, I'm just honest with you, he said, I'm going to go back the wins and play in the thirds. And then I sort of that's how I went that's how I left farm with, but I still kept in contact with them because they were just about to go to some rugby. So I sort of said, yeah. I'll be I'll be back for some rugby and 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 I sort of then came back and I was like into the fourth team and then I kind of went into the third team and then it was kind of like um right, you're gonna go on the wing and you're gonna go full back. And I was like, Why? And they were like, oh, we think you can semi do a job for us so for about 18 months I was like the second choice fullback in the in the third team stroke winger and and it was like oh you you can kick goals so you can do that and I was okay so I think there's about two years worth pitches where I've either got 15 or 14 on my back and then over time it sort of like became evident that I wasn't very quick (laughs) and I I didn't really know what I was doing at fullback so um, (laughs) so I was in a second team game and Juzzy, so this is why I blame him for it. Got simbined and he was playing hooker and there was nobody to play hooker. And John Parker was captain. And I said, Go on, I'll do it. Because we didn't have a hooker. And I went hooker from, and that was it. Then it was sort of like, right, bump you to hooker. And I sort of stayed there for, so it's Juzzy's fault, um, really. And then I've just sort of stayed there and then I. we sort of went through a bit of a purple patch in the third team, uh, with loads of players, and we had like we'd, they won, they, they got to the final, and there was a bit of controversy about that because they, they dropped lads to play pick first teamers, and there was all you know controversy about that. And then, um, I think it's not someone not being strong enough, Neil. Uh, it, no, it's it was it was somebody wanting to win the final, and what happened was karma bitten because the opposition put out the first team, and and like did, and that was when I was like fourth team. That was when I was fourth team uh, captain. But then yeah. a couple of years later, then
0: um, Oh the bro Cup thing, yeah, yeah, yes, yes yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, and then a couple of years after that, so I, I was just in the third team, second team, even that yeah. was it just ticking over, you know and um, Chris whitfield was third team captain and he got injured and I captained like one or two games for him and then Derek Dyer became the captain and then he got injured and it was like the last few captains had all been injured like Dave Brady had been injured before Chris and nobody said he wanted this captaincy because it sort of was ending people's careers <laughs> yeah it was, it was, it was, it was cursed and Tony Ross did it for like the back end of the season, and then it got to the point where he wasn't playing lads. You know, he was like lads were turning up, and he wasn't making subs. Um, and they were there
0: though,
1: But they weren't, but they weren't yeah. playing. And I one right. game basically said to him, "You need, you need to get these lads on because it's about getting the game." You know, did, did he give the the game up? And we were getting a, uh, we we're getting beat away at Sefton. And he, me and him, semi had an argument. He went, "Well, you go off then." And I went, "That's the best decision you've made all day." And I went off and brought somebody on. And then for the rest of the season, he wouldn't pick me. To the point where oh, John, John, Rat- John Ratcliffe, who was rugby chairman, had to get involved and say, "You have to give him a reason why you won't play him." You know, tell me why you won't play him. When I told Racco the reason behind it, he, he, he went mad. He went ballistic because he said, "Lads are yeah. play rugby." And then at the end of the <laughs> season, then we had a meeting. Um, the uh, the the third team, uh, Illuminati as we called ourselves like yeah. Preston Daybreak, silky me, and it was like who's going to be captain? We need a captain. You know, rossi didn't want to do it anymore, and they also all sort of looked at me and went, "You do it." Just going to say, is that what everyone just calls like that? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You do it, and I went, "Okay." So my name got yeah. put forward to the, to the committee, <laughs> um, and the committee said no, <laughs> said he's not doing it, and then. It was kind of like pushed back. And now the chairman at the time said, no, he's not doing it. And then um, about a week later, I was approached in the club and was given a a reason as to why I wasn't going to be captain. And then by the end of the night, I was was walking out. They went, congratulations, you're captain of the thirds because nobody else wanted it. So I ended up... Being captain of the thirds, because everyone who said you're a captain, no street is captain. So that's how I ended up being captain of the thirds that year. Um yeah, so um, started
0: off so with all
1: mate, done it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but people people it's nothing. Lads, I was I was very clear everybody if I was gonna be captain. Everyone's gonna pay the subs, everyone's gonna be a member. you turned up on a Saturday, you, they, that was it. They you were You played. Yeah. It's only 20 minutes, and that's it. you got 20 minutes. So everybody. Got a game, because that's what they were there for. Um, yeah. Work commitment. Like, I was going to... Because uh, I knew I was changing my job.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: The way, uh, come June, you are going to be working every Saturday. I thought I was doing every Sunday. It was like no. So then I had to club of the year. It was like when I was third team captain I made sure everybody played. But it was uh, it was quite funny because it was that year for the third team. Somewhere and they like you know, for the, like, the you know the, the positions, the tries, everything. I can tell you every game. And um, I think there's only three or four lads in it who played disappeared off. They've all in sixty three have played twenty games for the club, which I'm quite proud of to be honest. Yeah and you know some of them were our mates in our group and things like that and uh, that was quite one of, my, one of my things that I could turn around and say friends I've played at least one game with everyone we all talk about you know Waterloo me missing bang in front of the sticks we're getting B-17-0 and it's like right take a penalty and I missed it right in front of the stick <laughs> you know Mike Jones regularly reminds me of that yeah. um, uh, you know Anthony a lad who was from Latvia he 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 just turned up and played every week. He was fantastic. He we put him at fullback this one game and he jokingly like went like that to catch the ball and the ball hit him straight in the face and he went, Oh Neil, I caught the ball in my face. And we regularly <laughs> say that to each other and it's just it was just a good year. But we didn't win a game from February. We, we got beat from February all the way through the end of the season and we got beat away at Sefton in the Cup and um, the first round of the Cup and they didn't play a game then until the final. They got a, a over every week and I sit there, so and I think to myself, we'd have won that. We'd have won that cup because they got beat by LSH in the in the final. And I knew we we could have beat them. So that's my like we hang up of that year. But I think if we'd have just beat them, you know, yeah. got beat like tw- 21-9 or something like that. I think it was, it was a close game. And yeah, but that was my like year was 13. The ofi- me official year was 13, Catholic. Um yeah, that's when
0: it's I was heavy, saying. isn't it, mate? It's heavy, yeah. right? Uh, you took you played a bit of football, mate, as well, with a with a good yeah. group of mates. AFC rep was born, wasn't it? And that's, it, that's what you recall, weren't you? AFC. Yeah, rep. yeah,
1: it was. Yeah, they, they they started it as a as a a team. A lad called Jason Scaddets did it, and then I came out later on, sort of. But I used to turn up on a Sunday, and I would regularly like a lad called Paul Derbyshire, I'd regularly say to him, "Don't start me." I don't want to play. Yeah. Just there, just in case, and and I, I like, please don't start me. And a couple of times, like me and like Paul Travis and Carl Pierce would be stood there. and I'm going, he's starting me. You'd better have a word for him because I don't want to play. You know, I was just sort of like there to make up numbers, yeah. and we'd regularly stand there and laugh and and like I'd have to go over to Dale Ward and say, Dale, your captain, you better tell him not to start me because you know things like that. And, and it, it's still some of the some of the things that went on with that was. Unbelievable, like you know, lads would turn yeah. up drunk Sunday morning, turn up in the car, get out, and be like, Where have you been? Uh, don't know, I'm here the one not I? And he'd have like one, like Adidas boot, one night boot, and things like that. It was just like, it
0: was just not a box in his boot,
1: just proper mental stuff going on. Yeah, just but that was Sunday League football.
0: I was gonna say that's that is what it's about, is it, really, right, mate? and and obviously you've been away from the club for a while now. So what, what's life been like since rugby mate? What have you been up to and 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 what is the career now? Uh,
1: I'm a I'm a custom support manager now for a company and I, I'm into that basically I'm into customer service side of it, supporting developing people and things like that. That's what I do for a living. Um, I it spent mostly spent my time either watching Witness with my dad or going to transfer and getting shot with that by a dumb speakman and his and his gang of uh his gang of PTs. Boys. Yeah, gang of bullies. Yeah I'm not gonna say bullies because of lobby might be listening she'll get me headed. But yeah, so no that's how I spend my time I now mean, am just trying to catch up with friends when I can. And you know I think COVID changed a lot and you, you can't always go in the club every week anymore, unfortunately. We're not Andy Griff. And we've we've got to, you've got to cut your ties at some point, haven't you? Get out of there.
0: Well, we used to talk through the fence, mate, because when I was in work, you'd be on your, your marathon walks, yeah. and we'd have a little catch-up and that, mate, so um, talk to me about TransFit, then. How was you introduced? Because you'd already started dropping the weight, hadn't you, before TransFit?
1: Yeah, I was, I, I got, Dom that me. you Not
0: that you were big, by the way, that's not what I'm saying, but you, were, no, you dropped a lot of weight, yeah. didn't you?
1: Dom had messaged me years ago about, about going and, and I just didn't really get into it. And and then I kind of went, I seen it one day, it popped up and I of a message and just said, listen, can I come to a, a if it class? And I did. And then I signed up for a course and then uh, I stopped a bit because of the, the training, the coaching and things like that just got in the way. So I couldn't really go when yeah. I wanted to go. And then um, I was doing an online course with him for a couple of months. Just reset me is way. that
0: harder than going that Neil? How, what suits you? Oh, um, it it it
1: suits me. Imagine there's a bit
0: more um, accountability face to face, isn't
1: there? Yeah, it well, at, yeah. at home, the, the way Dom works is Dom obviously does your measurements, does your does your pictures and things like that, so you can see it yourself. Yeah. When you go to the gym, it's more like a social thing. It's not really like when I go to the gym. It's not. I don't see it as going to the gym. I see it as going like and doing the exercise with the gang of lads that are there, you know, Tom O'Neill, yeah. you know, Andy Clark. Uh, yeah. These lads are there in the morning. Jack Galooly, uh, you know, Kizza. There's those types of lads, those lads are there. So there's that social aspect, aspect with them. Um, so I still, you know, have that interaction with the rugby lads and I still chat to them. Um, yeah. But if, when I was working at home, it was a lot easier to just sort of like, I'll do my workout in the afternoon, you know, when I've done all my work and stuff. Whereas now I yeah. either go at like five in the morning or late at night just, just to do it. And it's just sort of like, it's one of those where if I don't do it, like I feel bad. Like I haven't had time to do it today. So now I'm, I feel really, really bad because um, I was right. going to go when I finished work earlier, but I've had other stuff to do. So now I'm thinking to myself, I'll have to double up tomorrow, you know, to sort of like yeah. counter, counteract it and that yeah. stuff. And, um, and then like on Wednesday, um I was gonna go tick and pass with the masters, but I've got a thing there, so I'll have to do that instead. So I kind of like I feel guilty yeah. if I miss it. You know what I mean? I, I feel yeah. like I've let myself But you've
0: put the you put the shift in, aren't you? So yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. wanna keep doing it, don't you? So uh, the get ups quality set up now from Dom and Lauren, isn't it? It's yeah in the old DW people Nobody it as or the JJB yeah. if you're old school like us, mate, and uh it's a fully kitted out license. Hope yeah. everyone and anyone goes yeah. there virtually, don't they? There are obviously other gyms available, but Dom's really yeah. stepped the game up, hasn't he? And, and got stuff going on there with Rod and they've smashed it. Yeah. So everything's going well there then, mate, isn't it? And, and what's next for Neil Street?
1: So, uh, my next adventure is I've got the Loretto coming up in uh first week in October. Uh, yeah. Finished planning that today, pretty much stuff that so we've got that planned for me um, and then I've got literally nothing planned for next year so far no yeah.
0: gigs mate no, no gigs, gigs nothing. no
1: nothing me, me and I Steve were talking about it the other day um, we need a couple of we need a couple of gigs to look forward to so we, we just with other things and stuff like that and him going away and me not being uh, available and stuff we just haven't I mean the last gig we went to was the Noel gig that we saw you at that we don't remember so we kind of like for ourselves what's it to, yeah, that was the last gig we went to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, right. yeah, we've not we've not been one for a while. So we've got a list, of a hit list that we're going to be working on soon. So, right.
0: well, it's it's we, your boys' fault. That's what I'm into now, really. <laughs> so, well, it's it, I say that right, you owe me a lot of
1: money. I uh, I owe you it, mate. I owe <laughs> you it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's like um, obviously without you probably would have done it a lot. Later. Well, hopefully I would have done it a lot. Later, but it's like a different... It's just a different buzz, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like, right. Re- smashing someone playing rugby will never be replicated. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't score a lot of tries later on, but scoring, tries and making contributions won't be replicated, but it's the next best thing.
1: Yeah. I think, for me...
0: When the day is good as well, because it's yeah. the whole day. It's not just a gig and that, isn't it?
1: My, my best weekend was the storm Roses at Wembley. That was yeah, my best not weekend. And the Elton John at all. Ever. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> go Elton John. Yeah. I was I was a good nice yeah. I was, I was distraught at home after being... Um, yeah. but what I, a weekend, uh, though. Yeah, I can remember being up at, at three quarters of the way up at Wembley and hearing Neil, 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 and seeing you running up the stairs with two frozen strawberry daiquiri cocktails going that well. And And, like, <laughs> thinking where's he got them from? And then like seeing like a stall yeah. at the end and and being like yeah. sat with our tea drinking these like frozen strawberry daiquiris in Wembley. I not like, oh, to see the yeah. storm roses play. Yeah, this this is it. This we've peaked, you know. And, and We have. Whatever
0: yeah. was unreal as well,
1: wasn't it? You couldn't you couldn't have asked for a better weekend, mate. Great company. No, the only problem no. is George Line took us those dodgy bars with Johnny Preston. You know. <laughs> Good job Jimmy was there, otherwise we'd have been eating alive, mate, me and you, telling you. Yeah, I don't know, I felt like we
0: was anyway, to be honest yeah. with you. But uh, no, it was, it was a class weekend, like you said, good company as well, mate, was it? So that time of the chat, i got a few daft questions for you, mate. So yeah. any pre-match superstitions?
1: Uh, Yeah, it was a can of Red Bull and a bottle of Lucashead Sport, followed by reading either the WIDs programme Yeah. Uh, going over watching like an old video of like like witness or something like that before I went to the wids as staffed as, as that just as a sort of uh oh, yeah. spotch a bit of this that was it.
0: Right. Fair sure. enough. You might not know who they are, but you might know the club and position they played at. But and and the word what I'm about to say is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Depends how you take it. But toughest player you played with and against <laughs>
1: The toughest player I've played with is Crack. Crack was tough because he was sixty odd years old and he was getting smashed every every week. The toughest yeah. player I've ever played against. There was a there was a number eight for LSH. I can't remember his name. A big guy, bald. And is it
0: Fingy Ferns? Was he in and out the first team? He's like an RFU coach, developer.
1: No, he was in all he was he was in the third team. He was there for years. He was massive. And um we we played the third team played and we mixed them a bottle. We kind of like they put a lot of ringers in, right? And he just got on with it. He got smashed. A lot of first teams played, and you know, there was a few people celebrating the third team left. And he just got on with it. And then in the game, he shook everybody's hand and said, right, see see's at our place. Like, you know, like laughing, knowing full well that the first team weren't going to be there. So him, I forget his name. If crack was in, now he'd have his phone number and tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, them two, definitely.
0: Yeah. So your favourite away ground you've played at? Ooh. Imagine you've been to some shit Yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay.
1: oh, I've played a bit of am going to cop out here and say I've got two. Right. One is one is Mossley Hill, right? And if you've ever played at Mossley, I not play. Either. Anybody's ever played at Mossley Hill? In the third team. The so you sent there. No, 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 no. So it Mossley Hill have a club, and you have to walk through a park to the pitch, and for it's on different levels the, the, the pitch pitches, right yeah so it's like the it, it, one corners up here and then it dips and then it dips again and we took some like the thir- some first teamers there once to play because they, they didn't have a game and we said listen' just come and um kev Ledbetter couldn't work out what was going on because the pitch was where it was and anthony was there and he was like this isn't realist like mm. and I think Anthony at one point was like questioning if he'd like gone into the twilight zone because of the way the pitch was like a lad yeah. called Peter Logan was playing and he was like this this can't be realist this isn't real and I was like this is 13 but we lads getting it and that, yeah. that like confused people and the other one was Merseyside Police away because you know they played at the bottom of the the river don't they the, yeah. it was always on no matter what you know he, yeah. December every game was half a part of my game but it was because like it was always on and it was always a good laugh. And yeah. um even like it could be it could be raining and the pitch would be dry and you'd be like, How is this how is this dry? You know, the way they looked after it and everything. Yeah. It wouldn't be muddy and you could you could wear mold these dirt sixty five days a year. Do you know what I mean? You'd have to wear your long studs because yeah. it was like it was hard. So probably them two places.
0: If you could go back and tell a younger street something, what would it be? Uh oh,
1: Stay away from two or three people at the woods. That would right. be my that would be my advice to to me. Um, yeah, and don't sweat the small stuff because it it don't matter. Yeah, yeah, that would be it.
0: Right, mate. We're out on the piss. Mm-hmm. We're in the we're in somewhere where it's open mic night or karaoke, mate. The mic's in your hand. Mm-hmm. What are you giving
1: us? Don't look back in anger by Oasis crowd favourite. Yeah. You know what I mean? They can sing half, I yeah. can sing half. No problem. Nice little problem. blend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, mate, and if you're willing to, a one to 15 that you played with.
1: Right. I've, and you I've, can start where you want to start. I'm going to start at the back um, and I'm, I'll right. obviously give a bit of reasoning behind it. Um, yeah. I have got a list of maybes and a, li- a list of should, should-bes should but I, I'll, I'll, I'll start with, at the back. Uh, I've got yeah. Riza Andy Riley. Now yeah. I played a couple of games with him when I sort of like guested for the Colts team when they didn't have um, enough players, so we kind of went along and just like me and a few others and just played. And that was the players, all of them obviously, but sort of stayed out of the way and I'm gone with it. Um, Riza was a freak. Is is a freak. You know, if, if you go watch him now, at says that he can do things that are just yeah. Unbelievable! Like if if we'd have stayed at the Reds, he'd have scored hundred tries a season, and that's no disrespect to the you know to the no it is what it
0: is factoring it yeah,
1: yeah to the to him uh, and he's a top lad as well you know me and him always have a yeah. chat and, and that um fourteen is a bit controversial but I'm gonna go with it and I'm gonna give you a, a good reasoning behind it um it's actually Josh Payton um, and yeah. so we've touched on this before but. For somebody who came to rugby so late, he's got an unbelievable, like, rugby knowledge. And I think we've we've talked about this before we obviously started recording this, is that when he first told me that he started rugby so late, I generally thought he was winding me up. And I was like, no, shut up, play off, to wind-up, you know, don't. And he's like, no, I really haven't. Um, If you say to him, oh, what's what's the, uh, you know, What's the Toulon's two uh, second team winger? Who, you know, oh, it's uh, you know somebody, somebody, and he had this for his tea. And you're like, how do you know that, Josh? He just, his green <laughs> yeah. is like ridiculous. Yeah. So he, when we were doing the third team, um, he could have easily stepped up to the second team, but he didn't. He stayed in the third team with us every week, and he was outstanding. He played scrum half, he played fullback, he played ten, he played anywhere. Um, and I've got a lot of respect for Josh because he could have gone, you know like higher. Um he's yeah. probably the most decorated player in the club.
0: He's not a bit up there, yeah. I'm yeah, willing
1: yeah. to I'm willing to put money on that because I don't think anybody's uh, won he's probably won ten individual honors. Uh, sorry, ten team honors, including like the juniors, uh, the Colts, seniors. Scored the 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 uh hat trick in the final. Um and and I, I don't mind telling people this at the time. Me and Dan knew, knew all used to push him for um, first team all the time. Uh, and Andy Mack said he wasn't good enough. So you know that was, and, and I'm willing to have that conversation you with know, anybody. He, he's a far better player than people that on. So, and yeah. if he if he doesn't put me in his next one to fifteen, I will egg his windows definitely. <laughs> 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 so me thirteen. Um, a bit of a wild card this, um, and people probably don't know that I've played with him a bit, but Steve Burke, uh, or Mr Burke as he's known to so probably the younger viewers and listeners from Peter and Paul, yeah. um, played with him at Farmworth, played with him at the Wits in the third team, um, just a freak of a player, you know, there's nothing out of him, yet he hits like an yeah. absolute freight train and he's just runs lines that don't exist and he's just you can tell he's played at a top, top level. So yeah, I'll, trying
0: to get Berkey on. He's not keen, but I'll talk
1: him out. He will. He'll do it. He'll do it. Get a few pints him yeah. in the ring belt he'll, he'll definitely do it. I'll drag him over. But for, he will yeah.
0: at the prices up there, man. Right? Yeah, really yeah. right.
1: Teacher, you see, he's got loads of money. That's what it is? That- only works. Only works part time. I was <laughs> a full time pay. Yeah. my um, so <laughs> me, me twelve. Um, is another Riley. Uh, Matty played with him yeah. from like in the Colts, and I think he played first team at seventeen. Just Outstanding. See what he's done at Sedgley. You know, I, I've been a couple yeah. of times and watched him, and he's just an outstanding player. Just generally, just has this this aura around him. And you see when he speaks, people listen. Um, yeah, a lot of people have that. He just loves getting over the game line, uh, and just somebody that you just think, yeah, he was a good player. You could tell. You know, when I, I, I've said this before to people, when you're in the changing room before the game and you look about the changing room and you think, got a chance here. There's one or two players like that. Matty's one of them. If he's in your team, yeah. a strike player, you're going to do all right. Do you know what I mean? You're going to get yeah. there. Um, number 11 is, it's funny this lad, because um, he's in Australia now and he is a convict. So he's with, he's with that a lot. It's smigger <laughs> Matty Smith. Um, yeah. he, he, you know, what can you say about smigger He's a little bundle of energy that doesn't stop. Um, just, played With him a couple of times in the second team and the third team, and he was just a different level. You know, you could see his first few times he played when he played in the uh second team game. I think he played it, did be Tock H, yeah,
0: it was aware, yeah, yeah. I think you
1: played in it as well. Um, I remember saying to John Parker, and at the end of the game, and a couple of other people, I'm like, you're never going to see him again because he was just. Yeah. He was just level. Oh, he was above. playing football at the time as well. Yeah. Prescott cables or something. Yeah, he was one decent, yeah. decent. But again, another one who could just, you know, absolutely just make something out of nothing. Do you know what I mean? it
0: rabbit over hat, job, Yeah, yeah
1: definitely. Be, yeah. Absolutely, there'd be no chance on how they'd be scoring, and he'd, and he'd score it. And then he'd kick it off the touch yeah. line then as well, just and be like, you know, just snarking. to rub it in. Yeah. 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 Um. be ten. I've gone for. I've only played again a couple of these, I've only played a couple of times, but I've gone for the best players that I've, I've actually played with. Yeah, yeah. Um I've gone for Echo Chris Atkins. Um, he, my cousin, my second cousin Dean Morris, brought him up to the wins to play. Obviously, his dad played, and in his first game, um, I mean, me and Andy Atkins, had the same conversation all the time when we. Were there. I said turn around Vincent, to he's too good for this. He's, yeah. he's thinking, he's kicking, he's passing. It was all crisp. It was clean. his running
0: game, which yeah. he's not well known for. His
1: running game is great. It was everything. I went and watched yeah. a first team game where he played scrum half and Paul McClendon. Warrington away. In yeah, Warrington away. He uh, won it. He won it on his own. He won it on his own at Scrum half. Yeah. He was outstanding. Yeah. He he yeah. kicked them to death. There was there was a point in the game where were lads for warrington walking back saying like what do you want us to do what do you want us to, what do, want us to do and we were like laughing at him. there's nothing you can do he's just too he was just too good and yeah. he was like he was he was absolutely like frighteningly good even even then and now you see him in super league you know what ripping it up in there you know yeah you think wow but he's like he's in there definitely you yeah. Um, nine, there's only one man for the job. I think anybody who's played at the club, he he goes straight in there and he completes the hat trick of Riley's, uh, yeah. which is obviously crack. I've never played with Paul or uh, Gaz so I can't get them in <laughs> Otherwise, that would be that would be that line, which would be yeah. pretty good, wouldn't it? To be honest, uh, I know the other but um, yeah, crack. What can I say that hasn't been said about crack? You know, you've only got to mention his name in circles. I, I'll I, I tell you a quick story about him a couple of years ago when we were um Waterloo thirds with had battered everybody throughout the league and basically if they beat us um they go up to get promoted out the third team league so we were like this are this could be hiding this and they like went twenty eight nil up um now before the gamers were walking over there scrum half says to me is that crack Riley I went, Yeah he went, I've never beat Crack Riley in all the times I've played against him. And we were like, yeah, whatever. He said, he said no, I said, whenever Waterloo play witness and he's played, I've never beat him. He's, he's he's beat me every time. They were 28-0. We won it 31-28 by the end of the game. And he's, this this fella was fuming. And Crack knows his name, so if anybody wants to ask him who he is, Crack will tell you the story as well. It, he was fuming because he, he, he was, it was his last game this fella. It was his last chance to beat crack and he didn't beat crack. And he was <laughs> he was adamant. That these players were adamant that it was like it's quite it was quite right? That's how yeah. like high, you know, he's but he's, he's uh, all yeah, up he's, and down the
0: country, in it really, mate. Yeah,
1: and you've only got to, we went to Fylde earlier on in the year, me and my dad, to watch Sedgley and the boys and that. And they went over to Bill Beaumont and he tapped Bill on the shoulder and he went excuse me Paul, went, ah, Mr. Riley and started talking and Bill had the conversation with him as they always do about playing the words Yeah. blah 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 and that and, and, and that's, that's how he's you know the former world president of rugby thinks you're a good player he's got to be a good player yeah
0: you're done like, all right yeah yeah.
1: Um, me eight I'm a bit hesitant to, to put this in but he has paid me for this so I want my going on record to, to get him in so I can pick him up and it's uh, it's Johnny Preston um, so I've, I've put him in because um, he has, didn't play a lot of the wins because obviously he moved Australia um, and um, London. But when he did play, he played a lot in like the third team, and he played like scrum half in the, in the third team a couple of times. He played centre, and but he's got good hands. He's quick. He's a good rugby player. Jumps in the lines. He's, he's everything that you kind of want in a back row stroke second row where. and I think if he was, yeah. yeah, if he was still at the club I generally think he would have been a club captain um, obviously he's not because he's moved on and done whatever he's done brilliantly and took me out to him yeah. but yeah JP at number eight so I, I'm expecting a check in the next week or so him otherwise there's going to be trouble <laughs> but, so my seven um, is Tom Mack um, yeah, he's kind of another one. If you if you know him, you know him. You know he's his typical seven. If if you, if you said said somebody make me a, a blind side, uh, sorry, an open side, uh, amateur player, they're going to give you Tom Mack. That that's yeah. him. He does everything. He does the stuff that you don't. That nobody wants to do. He does the he does the ball carrying really well. There's the tackling. He can pass although it's not advised because sometimes it, it can't yeah. can go away with um, and we're not insured for it. You know, I don't think the club yeah. can handle that. But yeah, I've put, I've put Tom Mack in me uh, in at seven. Uh, yeah. I've got Dave Braden at six. Now I put Dave in because when I was in the third team, he helped me a lot with my like throwing in and my lineouts. Um because I was a fairly new hooker, I didn't really understand you know, the process of it and that. But he is a bit like Tom Mack, does the dirty stuff, takes the ball well, can pass. You know, I've seen him play nine, I've seen him play centre. He's got a good set of hands on him. Um, top bloke as well, you know, really good, good fare. Yeah. Um, a bit like Josh, rugby knowledge is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous when you see, you know, when you're having a conversation with him and he's that and you're like, wow, technically knows all this stuff, he's really good at coaching, really good at that. you know, he's someone I think that the, the club could get a lot out of if if they got into him properly. Yeah. Um my second row was um uh Richie Bowerclough, uh it was club yeah. captain when I was was Colts, helped me a lot. Uh, always had time for me, which other players didn't, which I thought was really, really good. Would always be the, one of the first to say, did you play? And if I said no, he'd want to know why or what did I do? You know, he'd help me with things and stuff. Uh, he, he would, you know, he'd be willing to have a chat with anyone. He sort of like, at the time, he was the standard, you know, training three, four times. A week. He was, he even- was yeah, he was like, "We we do this, yeah. lads. You know, it, you know, we were that. If training was at seven o'clock, we were all in that big changing room at half six, boots on, ready to go out, tick and pass." Yeah, you know, that was it. He sort of really set the standard as as that. Uh, my next one is a bit of a outlier one, but it's Nigel Silk. Um yeah. if people will say, "Oh, Silk not a good, not a good player." you play with him and you see what he does he is a good player yes he's kicked and stamped on everybody that he's, that he's played with and everybody's shouted at him but he is the um, he's your typical you know uh, I'm I'm going to say dumb but he's not dumb second rower you know, the one who just does the dog work and lets does what he's told sort of thing he does that you know, yeah. he's not there to pass the ball. If he's got to pass the ball, he can't pass the ball because he's never passed the ball. He takes it in, sets it up, does that. So yeah. you set a piece and smash rocks, in it? Yeah. absolutely yeah, gets it on, does that. Uh my pro at number three is John Paul, uh Favor. Yeah. Uh played about three seasons with John Paul. Uh helped me again a lot with playing. Uh, okay. Didn't really want to do it, as I said, but he guided me a lot and helped me sort of like said, put your foot in, do this, do this. Um, and my other prop is Nicky Preston. So I'm putting a couple of fives and yeah. sons in it. He also owes me money for this. So I've got no chance of getting that. i more chance to get a pint out of JP <laughs> than yeah. uh, money out of Nicky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> again exactly the same thing he's helped me a lot with my game and would like to say do this come here stand here you know um, regularly we have a laugh you know him him me and JP would regularly get told off for laughing in the front row by Dave Braden or crack because we were having fun or causing problems for the ref um, and yeah. you know like Neil berdekin regularly when he refed us used to tell us off because we were taking the piss out of him, and he knew we couldn't do anything about it. You know, because if he because he did it to one, he had to do it to us all. So we regularly yeah. just, you know. But yeah, and um, and then me hooker. I'm gonna apologise now, but I've got you at hooker. Now it is uncontested, John. So
0: we should not. wait. Listen, I know where I should have been. So I just taught myself out of it.
1: Yeah, you had a good agent, mate. That's all I say. Yeah. If I'd have had your lawyer, I'd have got away with murder. That's all I'm saying. It? It's, just but, a, it's
0: just an Andy dad,
1: mate, isn't it? <laughs> that's what it is. But I, I, I can say this now. Yeah, like when, when, right, in no particular order, it's Crack, you, Echo, Tom Mack, Matty and Andy, right, in no particular order. Everyone says, like, pace is, like, there's nothing better than pace. And, yeah, and there's yeah. not. There's not. No. However, the thing that you had was you had more pace up here than anybody. You read three or four plays ahead and do it. Apart from that time when you threw that like interception pass at the other man, But we won't mention that. Got yeah, yeah. out of it. So you had hands, we had a kicking game, you could tackle, you could get involved when you wanted to. You had everything. But people would say, oh, he wasn't quick enough. Didn't need to be. Horses for courses, as we used to say all the time. There
0: were, yeah, games where, it,
1: mate, there were games where you'd go into your hybrid 9, 10, 8 position where you'd be like, Where's John at Playing that, yeah, whatever he wants. Just what numbers he got in his back? He's got about four, just in case you know, he needs to suddenly appear. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's no, why it's, it's... Un- uncontested to to get you Thanks. in there. They won't push, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Don't get your dad he on.
0: Johnny you got me and you mixed up. You meant you at Ucker, Johnny.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's right. It's funny, you know, I was abroad where was I? I was away with who was it? I think it was Mexico with Josh and um Fist, the man that should not be named. And um got a text off tank saying you're starting at Hooker on the weekend, I weren't even home. And then my next message was JP saying, Welcome home. Can't <laughs> wait to watch you play your curse, like you bastard.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I. It makes me laugh because, like, when people say, like, about you know, one to fifteen, and it, it's, it's your opinion. You know what I mean? And like, I, I I've got players That's in it, the team yeah. that, like, I said before, are uh, like, if you look around the changing room, you think, yeah, we got a chance here today, and like, you're one of them, and, and like. Smigger was one of them, Matty's one of them, crack. I can look around and say, you know, if I'm in the changing room and thinking, yeah, we've got a good chance. Like as third team captain, there was no better feeling than walking into the changing room and going, We've got these four from the first team because you see all the all the third team lads go, Oh, brilliant, you know, we've got a better chance of winning now. And everybody lifted the game because they had better players around them and and, yeah. and there's always there's always someone who, who can, you know, get a game winner. And if you've got a few strike players in your team. Then you know you're doing all right. right. Yeah. So that's my one to fifteen. Right. You've
0: been listening to Trot the Egging, thanks to our sponsors by Adele Sports. Follow us on Twitter
1: at Trot the Egging and Instagram at Trot underscore the underscore egg underscore in.